Hey, welcome to About That Life Podcast. I'm Coach C. Collins. Coach MJ, GGT. And we are here to talk basketball life and everything in between. So, uh, we've been gone for a while and, you yeah. know, it's just because me and Mark been a little busy and dealing with life and everything else, but we are back and we're hoping to give you guys some good episodes for uh, the month of November. A lot of uh, catch up with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of catch up to, to do. Uh, you know, obviously... Past couple months, uh, a lot has happened. A lot has shifted, and you know we're we're definitely going to try to talk briefly about as much as possible, right? And um, but I know I'm glad to be back. I know Mark's glad to Sir. be back. Ty, my man behind the camera, I know we're glad to just be doing what we love, talking about basketball and everything like that. Um, before we get into everything, again, just want to say, you know, so uh, you can follow us on our Instagram uh, about that life podcast. You can follow my personal uh, Instagram account. Hoopstar I am. You could follow uh, GGT, God Given Talent, and his personal account, right? Isn't sure. it? GGT Basketball, yeah, at GGT Basketball. And, of course, my man Ty, he has his own personal IG account. All these links will be in the YouTube video and on the um, bio for the uh, podcast venues like Spotify, iTunes, things like that. So, please, feel free to uh, follow us, support us. We appreciate it. I know I've been getting some good feedback. I believe mark's been getting some good feedback uh people were actually hitting us up like where you guys been like or did you guys quit like i'm like nah we we haven't quit like we want to keep this thing going so remember you know one small click for you is a big help to us so moving into the show our our guest uh for this episode is coach nate stevens he is and i'll get into who he is as a person but in terms of how i know him um we met it through yba Right. Uh, he's been a coach here. Uh, he's been a coach, period, for a long time and has helped uh, at me- all, many levels from the collegiate level all the way down to, let's say, you know, the grassroots level with the little, little kids. Right. And so um, he's very similar to myself in terms of how we see the game and how we approach coaching and kind of the expectations. So I'm actually really excited to have him here because it's kind of good to have someone who uh, who sees the basketball world very similarly. Um, let me get into who he is real quick. Bear with me, y'all. Got to grab this. Okay. <laughs> so, um, with Coach Stevens, uh, he's a native of Sacramento and the Placer area. Began his coaching career as head coach at Global Youth Charter High School, Division Six. Um, two years as boys basketball coach. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I led the Global Youth Charter High School Bulldogs to the Sac. Uh, Metropolitan Adult League title. Wow. Okay. With the Athletic League. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> with the uh, final record of 22 and 2 for that year. So great, great record. Um, 2009, he was named Coach of the Year in SAC Metro uh, Athletic League. Uh, Coach Stevens then moved on to YBA, right? And yeah. that's when he'd been in YBA. Uh, he's been with us. Well, he's mainly coached you. You mainly coach like the top varsity teams, right? Just so I did it for seven years. Okay, there you go. Yeah, because did you do any of the youngers? Yeah, before? I did during okay. that time. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, I know when I came. Uh, yeah, you were still doing the top level teams and stuff, and those were always fun to watch. Um, also served as uh, the assistant men's basketball coach at Yuba College for nine years. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And then. From there, uh, he was a varsity coach at Lyndhurst from 2014 to 2017. Led uh, Lyndhurst to the playoffs in his final year, um, ending a seven-year playoff drought, which is 
pretty huge. Nice. Um, and he was honored as a winning coach of the year that year. Uh, for this last year, or I should say, well, not the beginning of this, yeah. uh, the 2019-2020 season. Right. Was, COVID, uh, COVID's thrown off. Yes, I know. COVID's, yeah. <laughs> it's thrown a few things off for me, too. Uh, he was the uh, head coach at Kennedy High School which uh, me and him have had some good conversations about. I actually was fortunate to coach one of um, a couple of his players. Uh, uh, why am I not thinking that boy's name? Jaden. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Jaden. Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, and uh, Chris, who was an interesting character, as we know, but still, I would say he was a good kid, you know. Yeah. So I got Agreed. a chance to coach him and then Malik and some of those yeah. other kids. So, no, I know exactly what that's like, but – Without further ado, let me introduce Coach Nate Stevens. Thank you for being on the show, Nate. Appreciate you. Thanks welcome, for having welcome, me. Welcome, welcome. Um, so let's get right into it. So my first question for you. Um, tell me about your start in coaching and the journey. Uh, tell, you know, the you clearly have a lot of experience. You've seen a lot. You've coached a lot around, around a lot of different atmospheres because you know as well as I do coaching in Rockland for YBA and then going to a place like Kennedy or something like that's two totally different worlds sometimes. So, well, I played at Rockland. Oh, so, I okay. mean, it's been a transition too. Yeah. So but that, I, I'll, I'll say I probably fell into coaching more than I thought I would have just because, um, once you get past the part where you can't play, <laughs> you can't play. Um, there's the, to get your competitive spirit out. That was like the only way I could do it, and I was really young when I fell into it. Right. And uh, how old were you? I was twenty four. Oh wow. Twenty four. Wow. And uh, and I I started by doing an eighth grade team. Mm. They they kind of just they, they were not to be honest with you they were desperate they were totally desperate they needed a coach and I said okay I'll do it right I'll take the extra money and do it and I I I kind of fell in love with the competitive part of it first you know. Not necessarily the control, but the competitive. Like that was the closest thing I could do to still be on the floor and play. And then um, I did that for uh, a season, and then I decided I think I'm going to try and give the coaching a, a try. And I had a buddy that started a. He, he was kind of the start of an athletic group at a small charter school, this Global U Charter, and it's actually in the parking lot just behind Center High School in Antelope. Nice. And uh, my first go at it was. I mean, I can't, to be totally honest with you, I I was very lucky. I mean, I, I got a group of guys that were better than the division that they played. Okay. I mean, we developed, we trained. Right. I did it pretty much by myself. But I, to this day, of all the coaching I've ever done and the players, that, that group, because I got them for two years, was the most special group where I'm, you know, they kind of incited a burning passion for me for coaching because they literally would have ran through a brick wall for me. And I still... The crazy thing is, as you know, someone with Daryl and yeah. Derek Osborne oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Roger and Prentice, right, right. those guys I still have relationships. I coach now. It's been that was started '07, so wow. you know, today's twenty, so that's thirteen years ago. Those guys I still have relationships with, you know. And that's well, that's the. I mean, I I believe that's always the 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 biggest part of what we do. You know what I mean? Uh, Mark, it, me and him talk about it a lot too. The relationships you build with the kids, Absolutely. you know what I mean. It's you. You get to legitimately watch young men and women grow up, right. you know, and become adults. And you hope that 
you know, you had some sort of positive influence on their life and you watch them, you know, live there. So that's, that's always a great part. More than basketball. Exactly. More than basketball. So from global youth, just kind of giving you the warp speed. Yeah. I, I knew a guy named Tom Tran. I've known him for many, many years. Shout out to Tom Tran. He's yeah. the uh, director of NorCal Dynasty. Yep. Good dude. Great dude. And um, I had uh, Daryl, who played for me, and he needed, he was by far the most talented player we had, and he needed something else than I was providing in the off season that I wasn't able to provide. And uh, Tom said, our team with YBA is full. But let me introduce you to King because I think we have an opening on a JV team for him. And at this point, he's a ninth grader. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I, he introduced me to Ken. And I actually knew Ken from when I was a kid playing at a park. <laughs> Ken would be in his UPS uniform. Right. Up there. Wow. He had a big right. nose. He had a big nose friend. He would just <laughs> make him set screens so King could shoot every time. Right. Sounds about so, right. Uh, I actually started as an assistant coach in YBA on the on a JV team that. Um, there's a coach I'm not a giant fan of that's still with YBA. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so Daryl only played a short time on that JV team. And yeah. then that summer, um, he he played, when they went to Vegas, he played on the vars- the top varsity team. Nice. And um, that literally that fall, they uh, Ken did make a move and let the varsity coach go and, and said, man, I love the, kind of how you deal with the kids. I think you'd be perfect to run our varsity program. And I got the job. It was probably a little controversial at the time. Yeah, and then everything. that same year, as I started coaching, I got you know approached from Yuba College, and that's where, honestly, most of my experiences come. My greatest experiences at the time was coming from Yuba College. Okay, because I got to coach with, in my opinion, two guys that are just phenomenal. You know, Doug Cornelius has been at Yuba for since yeah he's been 2003 yeah coach corn's been there a long time and i want to say i want to say him georgie and jones have probably been like you know jones well for our viewers out there probably have no clue what we're talking (laughs) about but at sacramento city jc there's andrew jones i believe he's still the head coach and then at uh american river college uh mark georgie who is still there it's still there and yeah. technically my boss but yeah he's uh, he's he's still there and then coach corn are you but i feel like they're coach, the longest coaches coach corn was actually georgie's assistant really yeah that's how long georgie's wow. been there wow for one year so and then with with uh coach corn is uh, a guy named ken griffin and he's a hall of fame coach he coached at marysville high school before yuba um he's probably got high school wins he's probably had 600 high school wins wow and wow. um, I've, you know, he's he's in his seventies now, and I've, in my time with him, I've learned so much on how to deal with youth. And he's, you know, he's a real <laughs> curmudgeon when it comes to basketball. <laughs> He'll tell you exactly how it goes. So, um, yeah, my time at Yuba was probably the most developmental part of coaching, and then from there, it kind of branched out. I've done the younger groups of, you know, AAU, and then I got presented with the opportunity to go to Lyndhurst, mm-hmm. and that was like captain bad basketball you know like i had to we only had four guys that could actually play and then i had to figure out pieces where pieces go and how do we do it and honestly that was the greatest coaching i ever did i mean it was by far the greatest coaching i mean it's it's easy to coach if you have really talented players it's just about getting them to you know buy in or do something or respect you 
you know, and you can give them little tips. But the the hardest coaching I ever did was when you just don't have an overwhelmingly deep or talented team. Yeah, you you got to work what you got. You got to coach your ass off. Yeah, I mean that's just how it is. And that was the probably the best coaching I ever did. Nice. Okay, and then now currently you're at uh, Oakland. Or I know I didn't say that part. So just for people to know, currently he is the varsity head coach at uh, Oakmont High School, yeah. right? And I, I used to coach there. Uh, I was the freshman coach there for two years um, before I was at Whitney now. Oh, okay. So that was the previous place I was at. So. Where's Oakmont at? What district is it? Is Roseville. Roseville, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Roseville. Okay. Yeah. So, no, uh, well, congratulations for that too. Thanks. Right. Because <laughs> this is your first year with that and, you know, you're going to be doing – maneuvering this COVID thing, which we're going to yeah. get into way more. So uh, what people really don't know, um, just giving context for the people listening and the people watching, um, for YBA we have a couple of, well, to be, let's do the brief history. YBA has been around, I want to say 16, 17 years, yeah. right? Somewhere around there. Um, he, we also uh, have, been fortunate enough to have obviously a lot of college athletes go through the program a lot of pro athletes and we're talking pro at different levels well he coached probably by far one of our best if not the best uh kid to come out of our um program which is uh, cristiano felicio who currently plays for the bulls um well sitting with the bulls record right now i don't know how good that <laughs> is but still no he is and i'm i'm cool i'm really cool with cristiano he's good kid good dude um but this was his coach and he uh went through that journey with him you know what was that like I mean having a pre pretty much a legit kid because I remember I watched an old YBA video of you saying legitimately like he's gonna go to the NBA you right. said that you before right. you saw that before right. it even manifested so what was that like what was well being around him not to challenge you but I will say this he was the most dominant player I've ever coached. He's wasn't the best with YB. Okay, there, fair enough. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't want to leave anyone out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Daryl, right. Aaron Hendricks, right. Silly Saraba, just to name a few, were incredible players. Mm -hmm. The thing Cristiano had was, I mean, he was six nine, almost six ten. He dribbled like a guard. Yeah, he oh. played hard. Uh, he was also the hard on that team. He was the hardest practice player as far as like. He demanded people to practice hard, and he showed up, and he never questioned his work ethic. Okay. Hear so, that, kids? Hear that? That's, that's, that's what it is. You got to be different. That's, exactly. uh, he would get – he would – you know, he's – at the time, his English wasn't incredibly great, mm -hmm. you know, and he, he was a little sensitive about it. But, I mean, he would get on guys when they didn't practice hard. I mean, nice. when your best player, nice. which – I mean, that's when your best for. player is your best practice guy and the, your most accountable – Yeah. You, you got something special. Yeah. So we kind of had this short window because he was getting ready to sign at Oregon, signed to Oregon. And um, we had this short window because Oregon was going to probably say, no more basketball. He can play no more AU, right? Right. And so we were trying to get in as many. He wanted it, too. Yeah. To get in as many games as we possibly could. And I had a good, I had a really good team. So, I mean, some weekends we would play two and three tournaments. So I'll give an example. Right. We played two Bay Area tournaments and a Sacramento tournament and we would try and counterbalance it. Yeah. So we would we could play in a in a weekend, we could play somewhere around if you're talking three, four game tournaments, you might play twelve games wow. in a weekend. Wow. So I wanna say with Cristiano, we ended up probably playing somewhere around fifty games in that short amount of time, maybe sixty. Nice. We never lost. 
Yeah, I mean, it was I like, was going to say, I, I don't think y'all lost too many. Nah, right? <laughs> and we have, uh, you know, so many memorable. Splash Cristiano. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many memorable stories with Cristiano. One of the one of the ones that just ring in my mind. I've told it over and over. Yeah, we were in the Bay Area. The tournament director is called. And said this guy, he, you got him playing in a high school tournament. He's a he was a real high school player. Yeah, I mean, and he's like this. This guy's like a pro. Well, you got him in our tournament. And we played the next game, and there was a play. We threw a horrendous pass off the backboard to Cristiano. He's trailing the play. You know, he catches it two-hand, windmills it, sits on two guys, dunks it. And this is the best part of the story. You know the guy working the door, taking the money for the tournament? Yeah. He, you know, he covers his face. He runs out. He leaves the money completely oh. unattended. He doesn't come back for like five minutes. And I kept, oh, wow. I kept wow. going, he's gone. His money is over there. <laughs> he really left the gym. <laughs> and then one of our other players on the team, his, you know, his dad, uh, no one was filming, but they saw the opposing team was filming. And his dad walked over and said, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks for the for film that film. That dunk. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and the. The family was so insulted. They're like, no, no. Oh, wow. You, oh you got God. a pro guy playing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know how they sometimes wow. people do. Of course, of yeah. course. Nah, that's, that's, well, I mean, that's, that's so, huge. Yeah. How, old, how old was he during this whole time that you had him? Like, how He old? was a, probably, realistically, he was a, an, probably a little bit older senior, so he's 18. He was okay. an adult, mm-hmm. but, you know, he was just overly mm-hmm. developed compared to every other high school kid, and he was mm-hmm. giant. So when we would yeah. go into these you know, showcase tournaments. I yeah. mean, every college coach would be like, oh, my, yeah. you know, everyone's looking. And then when we play here locally at Hardwood, I mean, if you remember, the, fair. The, the crowds would just mm. literally surround the court. And mm. they were, you know, they'd be so pissed off if he didn't dunk it. They, were, <laughs> they thought every play should be a dunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how was it? How, I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, I know overall he's a good dude. Great dude. Uh, how was it managing I'm kind of curious. How was it managing his ego, personality, and quite honestly, even the teammates? Because you know, in those type of situations, at least from what I've seen, um, two one of two things could happen: jealousy, mm-hmm. right, or um, acceptance. You know what I mean? And 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 I don't mean acceptance in a bad way. I mean acceptance of people understand, like, okay, this is our star guy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to play my role and yeah. do great at my role, and we're just going to be a phenomenal team. Or you deal with, obviously, the jealousy side where guys is like, well, fuck that. It ain't all about him. I'm going to mm-hmm. get mine. And then, you know, yeah. you're dealing with those type of personality issues. Did you have any of those things? No, up? it was actually the opposite. Okay. And why I say that is, um, again, when your best player is your hardest worker, that was number one. Mm-hmm. Number two – I think the rest of the guys on the team took it as an opportunity. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm playing with a special guy. Yeah. I'm playing with a guy that the second he walks into a gym, everyone's looking at him. The second we play, every college coach is watching the game, and not every college coach is going to be able to get him. Right. But they may be able to get six, eight Hayden Cook from Rockland High School. There you go. Because mm-hmm. they see him play really yeah. well. Uh, in that Hayden was one of his teammates, so... Mm-hmm. I think that, and plus Cristiano, he had he's not an egotistical no, guy he's not at, at all. all. He's not cocky at all. At all. In fact, he's kind of like you, you got to encourage him at that time. You had to encourage him to take over, like yeah. you know, kind of thing. Um, but you know, honestly, I say this over and over about Cristiano. Um, uh, one of the really cool things is uh, Mark Spears from ESPN two years ago did a, a, a sweet article on 
on uh, Cristiano, and he mm-hmm. called. Mark Spears reached out to me and called me for the interview. That's it. And the, the thing I'll tell you that I told him, and I will say over and over, Cristiano's a great player. He's playing in the NBA. I mean, right, this, is right. like, this is year five or six for him. He is a better person than he is a basketball player, and that is by far – that that's not. That I would put that on a stack of Bibles. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's nice. And I hope from, from a development standpoint, you know, of course, we physically, you know, everybody can't have his size, yeah. his athleticism. But you know, for somebody like you who's you know been there since day one and seeing the process, and like you said, he's been in the league for five years. You know, where some people, you know, something like that. I think I've seen the thing. Like you know, most people who get to the league it's like two to three years and they're out. For somebody like that, like. In your opinion, as a coach, you know what I'm saying, and seeing somebody go through that process, besides the physical, you know what I'm right. saying, because everybody can't get that. And I, I know I'm hearing that he's a good person. He pushes teammates also, you know, in practice. What is it for somebody, you know, to to get to that next level? You know, seeing it from 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 him, what set him apart? What set him apart for him to be still be where he's at right now? I think I can answer that easily mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, not everyone can yeah. be athletic, but with him in particular, yeah. you don't ever have to question the person yeah. he is or his work ethic. Mm-hmm. He is the type of guy I'm sure he did with me mm-hmm. and what he does with coaches on the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Yes, coach. Yes, sir. You ask mm-hmm. him to do it. He never second guesses you. He just did it. Yeah. My relationship with him now has moved, uh, you know, is moved past coaching and it's more. You know, like when we talk, yeah. we end it with, hey, man, miss you, love you, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of changed. When he played for me, he was, you know, he there was an abusive situation he came from. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't want But, you know, he truly is. What you see is what you get plus some. And it's not the basketball playing. Yeah. I mean, like, I guarantee if he didn't play any, and, and he doesn't play a lot of minutes mm-hmm. for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're he right. doesn't play of, a lot of minutes. More yeah. like a utility big. like Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I guarantee you, I, I guarantee if you ask his coaches, that guy's the hardest worker in practice, and he doesn't play. Wow. And he's the best teammate. Watch him Watch him on the Bulls. Like mm-hmm. when, when a teammate does something, he's the first guy up clapping. I mean, that is just yeah. special. Th- those are like all the things you when you have coach a really talented player, mm-hmm. all the things you beg them to do, but they somehow never do it. Right. He did it. I nice. didn't have to beg for it, you know? And that's yeah. what kind of, it was kind of like, you know, when it, it came together perfectly. Well, like you said, it's it's, that 1%. Yeah. yeah. That's his personality. So, uh, how let's, let's switch gears to high school, right? Okay. High, let's put your, you know, yeah. our, high, <laughs> high school varsity Oakmont coach hat on. Um, you know, how, how do you feel about this upcoming season? You know, I'm, I'm the JV coach, so for me it's a little less stress, right? I just do what my boss tells me and, you know, coach my team and go home. Um, you obviously have to manage the season. You have to manage all three levels. You have to – I mean, we got – I'm sure let's just – we're both in this boat. Do we have – are our parents going to be allowed? Are they not going to be allowed? Or Fundraising. Yeah, fundraising. Exactly. Like, you You know, it, it's strange, man. Um and then I even still, even if we wanted to, like, even do a little bit of lightweight travel or play Sacramento teams, right. well, our area, Placer, Ro- Roseville, all that stuff is kind of in a different phase than Sacramento. So it's like, I think in, like, South Sac, they're still kind of, like, in phase two. Like, you know what I mean? They can't really do as much. So what? H- how are you dealing or maneuvering this? Or what, do you th- what are your thoughts? Not to sound corny, but just flexible. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
it's con- I mean, every time it's been something different. We do this, it goes closed down. We do can't do this, can't do that. You just have to be flexible. And I want to do things the right way right now because, let's particularly with Oakmont. I mean, they have seniors that they have to have a season. I mean, yeah. that's just terrible. What happened to some of those senior baseball players last year where they only got to play one or two games and then this happened? Yeah. So we just have to do it the right way. Is it? I think it's going to be constantly, in my opinion, I think it's going to be constantly changing. Okay. And we're as coaches, we're just going to have to be really flexible. When you really think about it, like – I've already changed my schedule. I mean, it's done again, yeah. but this is the second time full schedule change because we didn't know when we we're starting, starting regular, starting not. So it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. I, I th- the guys deserve a full season. Right, they deserve a full season. No, that's good for you. You said. I mean, so what? What are your thoughts about uh, if? Uh, so, and this is kind of because you're you understand this world like myself because you've been an AAU coach and a um, high school coach you know I think very few people have that understanding like me and you because you're not the the feeder program AAU coach right no, no nothing wrong with the feeder program stuff I, yeah. I get the logistics of it I do but we've been more on that like trying to get kids looked at by college AAU Correct. type stuff you know we're we're trying to put guys on the national what does that mean when you say feeder like, I'm not okay so yeah, I, I, I keep forgetting you're the trainer hat. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you guys so, talk about the coaching, yeah, you're hey, right. I'm, I'm good, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's good because you're yeah. basically saying what some people might be asking out yeah. there. So you do have certain programs that kind of feed into the schools. So um, mm-hmm. AAU programs, which is kind of like just the starter programs to try to introduce these kids. At the end of the day, let's call it um competitive rec. Mm-hmm. It's competitive rec. It's not true AAU high level, but – you are trying to introduce competitive basketball to these kids. The reason we call it feeder is because they feed into the high schools. So it's well, kind of... It, some schools take it very seriously. Yes. Where if you didn't play on their feeder yeah. team, your your chances of playing high school basketball for that particular coach wow. is... True. Not- but sometimes I feel like that's bullshit. Because come on, man. Like if... If some random kid from L.A. comes out. No, and he's he, playing. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he comes out to tryouts and he's dunking on everybody. They're not going to go. Playing. He's starting. Exactly. They're not going to go, oh, no, you didn't yeah. play in our feeder program no, since the, fourth the, grade. That would be an exception. He yeah. moved to the area. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, we – um. So Whitney has like a feeder program. It's called the Hustling Owls. Uh, uh, Rockland High has a feeder program called Rocktown Ballers. So mm, okay. these are specific AAUs that typically have kids in their zip code areas, and they introduce kind of the philosophies of those high schools okay. at the youngest levels. And then you kind of, again, it's kind of a it's relationship exactly building. relationship okay. building. It's kind of yeah. like a D league process, right? Okay. You're trying to transition these kids from yeah. the D league into the yeah. into the NBA, right? Okay. So. It's some are really good. Some I think they, they they're they serve a really good purpose. They give kids who might not make it on like because like let's be real yes. like some kids can't play for YBA because they're just simply not mm-hmm. not talented enough. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But this gives them a good alternative yeah. to still potentially give them a high school basketball career, right? Mm-hmm. And there are some programs that do this simply just for money. You know what I mean? That's just being real with you. It's a good fundraiser. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm not gonna. I won't call out the programs, in my opinion, that do that. But I'm just saying it, it. there are programs out there that do use it for the wrong purposes. And there are programs that do it, I think, for legit good purposes. So okay. that's, okay. that's when we're describing, okay. like, the fear. Because, of yeah, course, yeah, like, yeah. like Arsenal 
team Arsenal or you know Arsenal's a true AAU. Oakland Soldiers, true AAU. Even us, YBA, that's true AAU. Like we are here to provide a platform to get co- colleges yeah. to look at our kids. Right? Uh, Rocktown is not mm-hmm. worried about that. You know what I mean? We're, we're, Hustling Owls not worried about that. You know they're feeding into their high school. They're just trying to develop the kids to a certain. Mm-hmm. level that they can play at that high school level okay. so you know that's kind of the cloth me and you come from and so that's where i was leading to my question is like with the au season possibly overlapping with our high school seasons because you know it's going to overlap with mine just like it's yeah. going to overlap with yours what do we do what do you think normally in a normal situation your high school team should be your priority because that window is so small mm-hmm. for you and it's special it really is right i agree high school, I agree. Special. High school culture and yeah. all that it does play a factor the, with the pandemic this year it it creates another challenge and the challenge needs to be overcome by the coaches okay simple as that i, I trust me i've had a few conversations of how it might play out where let's say a kid is borderline could get a scholarship and he needs to go to an exposure tournament in order to get that. Where if you're playing a league game against Rio Linda, you know, maybe the, the college coach isn't You're not going to get the same exposure as you're in a away tournament. Right. Um, So my, my idea, my plan is I'm going to support the kid, believe it or not. I mean, I want to win. I want a successful program, but I'm going to support the kid. But with the idea, Hey, if you've, if you choose that, if you think that's the best thing for you, then I've got to do what's best for the team. I'm going to allow it, but it comes with you missed a game. You're missing something on the back end. Okay. Then so that way, I, I, it just would ha- hopefully be a very very important decision that the kid's going to make and under and weighs all the options without me dangling a carrot over his head. You know, kind right. of thing. Right. So it's just it's creating a whole another yeah. challenge, and it's going to be tough because I because like for me because you know my position, I have a really talented 16U group, you know, that I want to give them the maximum exposure. I mean, Mark's filmed my team, and he's a fan, like, you mm-hmm. know, and you've seen those boys. You, you, you've seen those boys, and, and you know, it's going to be tough because it's like uh, I was asked by, you know, uh, Coach French for me, he's like, well, if you have a AAU live period event, are you going to miss a JV game to go oh. to that live period? And, you know, for me as a coach, are you going to miss it? And I told him, I said – Honestly, don't have an answer for you. I will just have to deal with that bridge when we get to it. You know, I didn't even think on the coach's end of it. Yeah, right? You know what I mean? Like, And I do know that they're – I kind of got word that they're going to enforce a rule that if – like, say, for you, because yeah. you're coaching AAU and high school. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always been a rule that in high school you can't do anything on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a AAU tournament – and a Whitney kid is playing for you right. on a Sunday, you're actually violating the, this rule. I, wow. You know, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for the kid. I yeah. mean, yep. I, 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 trust me, I understand because there's other kids that aren't playing AU that they have to do what's best for their high school and their team. Right. But if you really have kids that that exposure can make all the difference in the world for them, mm-hmm. I, am I, I don't know. It's just hard for me because I'm, I'm a, I'm a pain in the ass coach i know that <laughs> from a basketball standpoint but right. i i have always been ultimately the end game is about the kid i mean what what, what we're able to do for him no you're right uh, and then that well that leads to my next question you know um your 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 son daryl 
Right. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of his life and, uh, and coach him and um, some of your guys, like you said, who you have long relationships with, like Roger and Prentice. And, you know, I was I coached them when they were yeah. young rec kids at some point. So that's kind of a unique tie me and you have had, um, you know, I, I, I I've always admired and seeing you've been real good about the mentorship piece of basketball right you know what I mean I think similar to myself because I think that's a huge piece that sometimes gets lost in translation out there because people see from coaches and trainers too I think they just see the 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 drills and the wins and the losses and they think that's all we care about they don't they what I've had to learn is right they only see five to ten percent of what we do you know what I mean even if we put it on social media even if they go to Mm -hmm. games they only see a very very small percentage so Mm -hmm that mentorship, that relationship piece for you personally, I mean, how, how, how important is that to you and how has that shaped you? You know what I mean? How's it helped impact you in your life? First with Daryl, he's had more of an impact in my life than I probably have had in his, to be honest with you, when I step back and look at the whole picture. But um, the only way I can answer that question is this game of basketball has given me some of my most important relationships that I have in my life that I value and I value family my, my immediate family and I'm super close with my my parents adopted after me and my sister they adopted three kids my sister has three of her own kids and adopted mm-hmm. two wow. so it's kind of like that's been in in kind of ingrained in me but the mentorship I mean some of the things that you don't when you're coaching in the moment and you're building these relationships I didn't set out to do it. It just kind of just happened. Man, if it, it happens. Yeah. And one of the best kickbacks of this whole thing is like, you know, a year ago, I, I'm and I, I'm one of my players is getting married and I'm in his wedding. I mean, it's just like <laughs> those are huge things that it's like, you know, they're monumental. And, you know, not to swing it any kind of religious type deal, but <laughs> but I remember hearing one time someone say, you know, when God calls you and he says, uh, I gave you a hundred, a uh, uh, hundred people to influence. And I, yeah, I made a hundred basketball players. And he says, no, I gave you a hundred boys to help become men. And I just kind of think that on that line, but most of the guys, to be honest with you, have probably impacted me more than I have them. Nice. But I, I do, I, you know, I get calls all the time. Coach, can you do this? Coach, can you do that? Right, of course. And I try never to say no. I mean, you can't, <laughs> I, I never say no, so that's probably the way they do it. But there is a handful of guys that don't want to deal with me. Of course. Yeah. and that's, that's But there's some that would just run through a brick wall. Of I mean. course. No, that's great. No, I like that. Um, And, well, funny enough, you mentioned that. So some people love you as a coach, right? Um, Some people hate you. And, that list seems uh, to be getting longer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's very similar to me. So that's why I figured, hey, let's talk about it. Because, again, like I was saying in the beginning, me and you were kind of cut from the same cloth. And, you know, some people love me. Some people hate me. I, I live with it. Either way, Mark knows. I talk mm-hmm. mess about it all the time. You just live with, you know, you just live with it. You are who you are and you just deal with it, whether it be parents or players or whatever. Um, but you as a varsity coach and the different experiences you've had, you know, even at the collegiate level, things like that, how how – how have you dealt with those things? How have you dealt with those tough situations? Um, well, I don't care. I, I mean, perfect. I know that sounds <laughs> no, horrible, but it, it depends. Uh, I can't please every 
kid. I definitely don't set out to please every parent. I mean, that that's a that is something that is never going to happen <laughs> ever because, you know, you're dealing with their ultimate gift, their child. So you you're just never going to be able to do it. No one cares more about their business than the owner of their business. It's the same thing with the kid. No one cares more about the kid than their right. Brought, one that brought them into the world, right? right? With the kids, I always extend every opportunity for, you know, most kids, in my opinion, do want some sort of discipline and want to be coached and want to be coached. It's the ones that don't. I think uncoachable kids become bad bad adults. I mean, seriously, that's just my opinion on it. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, I kind of just, I don't care. <laughs> I, huh? I mean, really? I mean, I'll coach them. I try, I try, and then if it if it doesn't seem to be working or registering, I say, "See ya." All right. I mean, I've had a couple situations where I've probably crossed the line and and definitely crossed the line. Well, I, we're human, and I feel I mean, bad, and yeah. I and I'll go and talk to the kid or whatnot. But most of the time, it's just you know, it's just like anything. Some things just don't match well. They just don't, and I could. I can exhaust myself trying to make it work, but then I'm affecting something else that is working, like a re- you know a relationship with eight other guys that is working. It just you know it makes sense. Yeah. How, so with you coaching multiple levels, um, like I said, with your experience at Yuba and high school and AU, just having all the different hats, um, what's kind of the common thread you see amongst all these levels and groups? The common thread. Um, like what works, I will, uh, let me elaborate a little bit. Like the common thread that works for you as a coach. Because I know for me, I like a particular type of athlete. And it doesn't mean their physical build, just in terms of kind of the psychology, the drive, the, you know. I typically hate, tend to get the underdog athletes, right? The mm. athletes that people look at at the beginning and they're kind of like, eh, it's not that good. He sucks, right? And they, and me, I like to develop them, put some hunger and drive in them, right? Right. And then they become you know, whatever level they become. And, and typically my kids become pretty freaking right. good. But I know those type of guys gravitate towards me, the hard workers, the ones that want to be coached and the ones that want to work hard. There's some, they can just manage real high-level athletes and their personalities really well. And they can just deal with the psychological aspect of all that. I, I can't deal with all that. I can't deal with all the the ego ball and, you know, everybody, there has to be like 10 basketballs out there because everybody wants 30 shots. I can't deal with that shit. That's just not me. So I'm just curious for you for all the levels. What's kind of the common athletes you can gravitate with and vibe with? Well, obviously college and AU is different because you can handpick. Right. You can put your team together. Where high school, you can't, you really don't get that. Well, you have tryouts, but you don't get the same pool of options of what you're going to be able to do. Um, I just, the common ground to me in, in basketball, in my experience in coaching is only on one end of the floor and that is defense. Nice. I like that. That is number one because there is, I can't tell you how many even great shooting teams or, you know, great driving teams I've had where all of a sudden magically that ball for some reason just doesn't go in the hoop one day. Yeah. And the only thing that I know that has always been consistent is what you do defensively. Mm-hmm. So if if we can't get a group of guys to do it the same way, and initially, you know, I've got as I've gotten older, it's a little different. But I'll be coaching. I'll, I'll sweat my ass off. I'm running up and down the sidelines. <laughs> I, I'm one inch from being on the floor. Right, I mean, right, right. Mo- most of the time, even the refs are like, "Coach, you got to get off the floor." Right. You know? 
and I think those are the players that seem to fit in with for me. And mm-hmm. then the offense stuff takes care. It starts to take care of itself. You can right. develop that. That's the parts that you can develop. You can train it. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, teach them how exactly how to scream. But it really starts with that intensity effort. No coach in America can coach effort. Yeah, you can't. You're right. But um, the defensive part, and everyone has different ideas to it, but ultimately it goes down to are you going to sit down and defend mm-hmm. or are you not going to? Right. No, that's, that's probably the common thread between all the different levels that I've found for me that works. Nice. So then uh, what's the end game goals for you? I mean, you know, five years from now, where where would you like to be in this basketball world or, you know, the 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 end game for you for all this? I, I don't honestly don't know. Okay. And I mean that wholeheartedly. I'm moving towards, like, so me leaving where I was at at Kennedy, it, it was only, I loved Kennedy, where I was, you know, we were going in the right direction, young. It, this was merely a logistical switch, me moving, get going to Oakmont this year. Initially, now I'm there, I'm 100% in, we're going to try and hopefully challenge to win a league and do all that stuff. Right. You know, I'm... I'm eight minutes from where I live. I'm right. ten minutes from where I work. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. So it's like, it, I'm, Ge- I'm geographically in, makes. I'm sense. geographically <laughs> in the right spot. Um, so, but if there's an opportunity, I, I don't want to be the coach that every eighteen months or you know two years has got a new job every time. You know, kind of thing. right, right. So I'd like right now. I think I'm trying to prepare myself to put roots down in the basketball community and just kind of hang out. All right, and so. see see what happens. Obviously, I'd like to be in a position to put Oakmont back, you know, in the mid-90s, it used to be a powerhouse. Oh, okay. But a lot of schools have opened up since then and stuff. So I'd like to be in a position where we're winning and developing guys and getting guys graduated, and then they can come back and help coach and do that stuff. That that would ultimately be nice. Yeah. Sounds really good. So switching gears, right? Let's talk about the NBA. Right, yeah. congratulations, Mark. Yeah. Your, your, your Lakers oh won, right? Seventeen and tie. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, that's, that's behind the camera. So, yes, you you guys got your win. So, is it a legit win? Wait a minute, is well, it you legit? Two, you two have played basketball, right? Okay, <laughs> a so little bit. I feel like we shouldn't even have to talk about this no more. Then. If, you're well, a, if you're a competitor, you play who's in front of you. Yep. Or are you? Not, if you're LeBron James, what? No, I'm good. It's the bubble. Let's wait till <laughs> the pandemic is over. What? We gonna go who? Oh man. Well, on, okay. Man. It. I mean, wasn't it like a giant AU tournament? I mean, there was no yeah. there was no fans. There was no home court advantage that occurred anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that actually. But I actually liked that there was no home court advantage. I I yeah. kind of liked it. I am not it makes lie. it better. Honestly, it made it made it neutral. I kind of liked yeah. that atmosphere. But again, I. <laughs> You know, you can't negate the crowd, too, because we've all played and been in front of crowds, mm-hmm. and it's great. I mean, mm-hmm. when you have that energy, sure. even when sure. you're even when you're the bad guy, right, and they're, sure. well, you're the away but, team. So but it, it does also play. does something with the refereeing, believe that it or not. That, too. No, yeah, yeah you're and right. See, that's it's a true. huge deal yeah, that yeah, I yeah. looked at. It was like, it seemed to me that the refing, you know, you don't have the 25,000 people booing you or whatever. That wasn't really there. Those video boards, I mean, the NBA did the best they could. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, you know. At the end of the day, they won. They won. The Lakers won. Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're the champions. You, know, <laughs> you could. I I was kind of mentioning you can talk about you know they played a banged up at the end Nuggets and mm-hmm. Heat and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. they won. They and, won. I, and and honestly, 
of any of the teams, in my opinion, that were in the playoff, in the bubble, the one that benefited the most from a break, a five-month break, was a LeBron James-led mm-hmm. Lakers team. I mean, it was clear. He played fantastic. Yeah. No, it was and it was great. I mean, um, what looking at uh, the runner-up, Miami, um, what do you think they should do moving forward? What do you guys think? They need to add a superstar. The Greek, the room. Greek freak. I think the Greek, yeah. yeah, that that that's that seems to be the. I mean, at first it was the Warriors, which mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if that's really going to happen. Yeah. But now, uh, yeah, I I I think I said that last mm-hmm. episode though. But yeah, I think the Greek yeah. freak should go to Miami because um, that'll give them that extra piece. Mm-hmm. And I clearly they got a bunch of young guys who. Yes, they just need to keep developing, and yeah, I mean they got they have a future, you know, with with Hero and. Duncan Robinson, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, Jimmy Butler is going to be there, but, yeah, they have a future. And then, obviously, the next biggest talk for, you know, the East is uh, the Brooklyn Nets, right? Uh, Just hired a great coaching staff. Um, What are their chances now, you know, maybe with a healthy KD. Did you see that picture with KD and his hair, bro? Oh, oh my, my God. God hey, this, hey, there. This, you got to see. Oh. I seen I seen one with, 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 uh, with him, and then, of course, they put LeBron. Oh, They're comparing them. <laughs> like, man, y'all have so much money. Like, either shave that shit off. You know what I'm saying? Or really bro, find the best in the world. It was so bad. I like, said, what is wrong with He KD? let it grow it out, too. And Why? And the patches. Like, Why? Yeah. I'm like, KD, bro. Yeah. You, you, he, oh, Bro, I was like, just cut that off, please. Yeah, like, I <laughs> I don't respect KD's brush. I don't, resp- <laughs> I don't respect his pick. I, I don't respect Dang. nothing he got going on. I, oh, come on, bro. Like, it's been like that for years. He got all that money. Yeah. All that money. Just come on, man. Yeah. Just Come on home, just shave that off, you know, yeah. call it a day. You got to get the clean cut look, call it a day, man. But, yeah, that, that was a late day. You got to see this meme. It was freaking bad. hilarious. It was bad. bad. But, no, how do, um, what's Brooklyn's chances looking like? Is right? We were just talking about it earlier. It's, uh, they hired D'Antoni, right? As an assistant. As an assistant, you know, uh, right? Nash also wanted Dirk to come out, mm-hmm. but Dirk was like, I'm good, bro. Yeah. So he, settled, he settled for Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you have Amari. You, I mean, he seems to be making the right moves right now. So, you know, uh, do we think Brooklyn's going to come out and be the favorite now? L.A. and New York, that's going to be the finals for the next few years. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I mean, that's what it's going to be looking like. Okay. That's, that's, that's my opinion. No, that's, I mean, that's, what we're here, but. that's Boston knocking at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Having a problem with what you're doing. <laughs> not yet, not yet, not yet. I said a few years. The Sixers, the Sixers the are six not going Yeah, they Another. might be. They might be. They might be. I mean, if KD is who he is. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right? If he's healthy, yeah. Kyrie's healthy. Yeah. You, you've got a lot of other, yeah. Karis LeVert, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. Spencer Dimwitty. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're DeAndre Jordan is, in, he's a little long in the tooth, but mm-hmm. he's a serviceable big yeah. guy. They also have... Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Jarrett, the other big guy, the backup big guy. Is really oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the fro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, I, I mean, they, right now, even before signing mm-hmm. anyone else, Joe Harris is a good shooter. Yeah. Even before yeah. signing anyone else, they have the pieces to, yeah. to do it. Now, sure. obviously, if KD is healthy, I mean, yeah. right. if he's not the best player yeah. in the NBA, second best. Because, exactly. I mean, what when when he got the last championship with the Warriors, the, the talk was he's the best in the world. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. that was the argument, you know what I'm saying? Right, and, of right, course, right. he got injured. We're back to LeBron. Of course, LeBron gets the title. So now it's like, okay, he's back healthy. Like, exactly. you know he has something to prove. Because right. in his mind, I've seen so many interviews, he truly believes. And from a skill standpoint, I do believe he is the best when it comes to skill. You know what I'm saying? Um, of course, LeBron just, just, just does so much. But 
I think, man, he's he's gonna be it's gonna be scary. Well, I think. Well, it was crazy. I mean, for the Lakers winning, mm-hmm. LeBron and AD are just unbelievable yeah. duo, right? Yeah. Take the rest of the roster now. Yeah. Granted, there was some guys that were all stars before. Yeah, that's that, true. That roster for mm-hmm. him, they those two literally carried them mm-hmm. that roster mm-hmm. into winning a championship because sure. across the board, that is not a super strong roster, right? No. As it as it's constructed now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Alex Caruso's playing thirty two <laughs> minutes, yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 and I don't know, yeah. no, no slack on him, but I'm just yeah. telling you, it just isn't. It's right. not a strong roster for them yeah. to win a championship. They're gonna yeah. still have to make some moves. And isn't AD a free agent this year? Yeah, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's gonna he's sign with uh, the Lakers. I would I would be very very surprised yeah. if he didn't go back. So then that leaves just the other kind of odd man now who we want to talk about is the uh, the Clippers, mm-hmm. right? And what what what's their next step? Because you know there was obviously some drama even mm-hmm. after all the things I heard. Mm-hmm. What like. Pat Beverly and and was it Montrez Harold were they, like we nobody didn't, we didn't like Paul George yeah like yes. they were like, the reports yeah. came out they did not fuck with PG at all Kawhi like, coming to practice late yeah you know like the saying? superstars weren't yeah. taking it as serious and again it kind of goes circles back to what you were saying with Felicio when your best player is even at mm-hmm. the high school level is your hardest worker it's just but I mean that else. that's got to show you what turmoil that team was facing. Yeah. That, that Doc Rivers basically mm-hmm. runs out of there and yeah. then immediately signs with the Sixers. Right. Yeah. And I know there's something years ago where I guess Paul George was dating Doc Rivers' daughter, <laughs> yes, cheated on her, cheated on her. I mean, that's and is now pretty, with the hey, woman. Hey, <laughs> now, isn't that going to be pretty hard to overcome uh, right. as a parent? Uh, you got to yeah. just yeah, that's you can't make your daughter happy and your defender. <laughs> that you I mean, who knows, man? The clear the Clippers are becoming more of a reality show than a basketball team at this point. So I mean, hopefully I, they figure it out. I think the team in the West, honestly, and I I think the team really would be the the Warriors. And I know that sounds yeah, silly, yeah. that's cliche, but, right? Because uh, everyone, but in. they've just I mean they had suffered so many injuries, and I yeah. and I almost feel like they've been systematically resting guys now to make healthy to one more yeah, question. Sure, I mean, sure. now they have the second pick in the draft. They're talking about maybe trading it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. They, oh, and they've got Andrew Wiggins, who's mm-hmm. a tradable piece. So yeah. I think the Warriors may be more for sure. The and you know, that's my team. Push, so sure. of course I'm Warriors all day and mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. We still have two of the best shooters in the NBA. So you history. Exactly. You can't count them out. You can't just mm-hmm. say, oh, Clay Thompson, Curry, who are they? Like, yeah, uh, we're still pretty good. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to get, like you said, make some moves. And right. we have some tradable pieces and some marketable pieces. Well, but we'll I feel see. like I feel like that's, you know, Brooklyn took that blueprint kind of with the Warriors of getting, a, you know, how Steve Kerr is, you mm-hmm. know, that, that former player, player coach to where now well, is just, you know, the personalities trying to deal with, you know, because – Steve Nash got Kyrie and KD. Steve yeah. Nash was on part of the Warriors' right. development. Yeah, right. I don't know what right. his role was, but he was yeah. definitely no, he training was. and yeah. stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. again, we'll we'll see how this next year plays out. But it should be real interesting. Got a lot of good storylines. Yeah. So let's put it like that. For got sure. A lot of good storylines. Um, back to back. Yeah. Lakers. Call, I'm calling it now. Oh, back to back. Back to back. All right, fair enough. I can't <laughs> I can't argue with it right now. I got to see what my Warriors doing after they make some moves. So going back to AAU. Uh, Hardwood Palace is open up for business right now. You know, you just played your games yeah. today with your Oakmont guys. Um, and more and more places are opening up across the country. Um, noticing that uh, I was uh, just invited to uh, Slam Academy, which mm-hmm. is in Hayward. They have an a, they're only their second AU tournament. They invited my 16U team and a couple teams to go down there. So I might be in Hayward next weekend. 
you know, uh, I went to Phoenix with my 16U, and they did well. This was a West Coast Elite event. The 16U killed it. You know, they got nice. first, which was really great. Was Northern California teams did really well in that event. Um, the top spots went to uh, my team. As far as 16U, the top 16U spots went to my team. Um, uh, who else? Uh, oh, the Hoyas, oh, Zach Hoyas, yeah. and uh, Lake Show. So those were the top three 16U teams just right there, which I thought was just really cool just because it was Northern California guys, and I know those kids, and, you know, it's nice to see we went to a national tournament like that and really showed, like, hey, you need to start taking it, our ball players, Like, we're fucking legit, you know what I mean? So that was really cool to see, um, you know, with, with the green light kind of becoming more and more prevalent for the high school levels, the AAU stuff, obviously even with me and you kind of, taking our high schools like for instance i'm taking my whitney jv guys and we're playing in hardwood this coming weekend you know i know you've been doing stuff with your oakmont guys and not, so it's not the whole team is well not the whole team but, but yes i know what you're saying yeah Ma- and same with me majority of my guys yeah. it's not all whitney right. guys but the majority of the team is um you know how has that process been working out for you uh Playing right now during yeah, COVID. just kind of playing been, and figuring. In it my out. opinion, just because I've coached so much AAU, mm. it's been bizarre. Okay, <laughs> and you know I've kind of been trying to stick. I've been local. I haven't got to travel to yeah, yeah, the yeah. tournaments. You know, like you have. Um, you know, for them to just to check your if you have a fever or not and say you're good to go, <laughs> people are in there, and then there's no there's like very limited fans, right? So you have to kind of create your own energy with your team, and if you don't have like a really hyped up team anyway it's very difficult i mean yeah if your coach is your biggest cheerleader you're screwed yeah I mean, exactly it's, like, it's a joke yeah and so um but it is nice to be able to have the guys playing i mean you just think about the psyche of the these some of these kids and i know they've been training doing but i mean you're talking about this has been since march 16th we shut down we only reopened for two weeks in california until yeah. we reopened again at the first part of october mm-hmm. so, i mean you're talking god Seven months, yeah, of 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 shut down the kids having no life. I know as an adult, I struggle with it. Yeah, no, I you get know? it. So, but it is nice to be in the gym. Um, I don't think that uh, if one of the facilities that we're playing, I'm not sure if it's properly, you know, COVID handled correctly. I'm sure there's probably some better things you could do. Right, but I'm glad to be playing. Okay, I wish they would. There would be enforce more of whatever the COVID policy is. If you don't want them to shake hands, don't shake hands. If you, you know, if you want, you know, because uh, courtside they had the big hand sanitizers mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe as soon as the game's over, people can't linger inside. They got to yeah, go get out. them out. I don't know, but yeah. um, it has been nice to be able to play. And yeah. hardwood seems it's definitely a different environment than it used to be. Yeah, it definitely. And I mean, West Coast Elite did really good. We went to Phoenix just to give example. They really. Uh, their whole process to the COVID, they would, like, you you couldn't go in to the facility. You had to kind of wait outside. And, of course, they tried to tell people, wait uh, separately, you right. know what I mean? Don't gather together. And then right when teams were done, they would boot them out, right? right. They would say, talk outside, go ahead, get outside. You go outside, you have your, you know, uh, post-game huddle right. outside. And they would sanitize Everything, you know, the bleachers where the parents sat, the the benches where the kids sat, the scores table. They would just, 
you know, I, I saw I snuck in because I was in the bathroom and, I, and when they told everyone to get out and I just happened to still be in there. But they were taking the machines with disinfectant and oh, spraying everything awesome. and wiping everything, clean everything. Oh. Then the next group of teams will come in and then but they they left enough space to where you still had time to warm up. You still had time to. But I really like the facilities they chose in Phoenix. And I like um, uh, I like the way West Coast Elite handled it overall. I think they did a really good job. You know, I don't want to be insensitive about COVID at all. Yeah. Because it's real. It's a real yeah. thing. Yeah. But it affects people differently. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. when we when you remove the part of letting someone be an adult and letting someone be an adult and a parent to their child, uh, yeah. you know, and start enforcing things, in my opinion, let's let's be adults, be safe about it. Mm-hmm. If you have underlying health issues or you know someone that has underlying health issues, you probably should, you know, not be playing right, right now. Should be not doing that. If that's not a concern for you, then it, if you've decided that that's fine, then you you know, and just be proactive, forward. wash hands, try exactly. and cover your face, and we'll go about business. I, I feel like there's always, and, I, and me and Mark have talked about this, I think, on numerous episodes, but I just feel like there's too many, there's two extremes, and, you know, extremes on either side is always wrong. There has to be a middle ground, you know, either the, the, the group that's like, shut everything down, isolate everybody, this isn't right, youth sports is killing people, blah, 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 you have right. this extreme group, then you have the other extreme group who's like, COVID's not real. It's a hoax and it's full of shit. It comes from cell phone towers. I mean, who no, like, the you know, yeah, like the fucking ridiculous thing. Like that, that's, that's too much. Like yeah. you said, just use some common sense, wear a mask when, when asked, uh, you know, wash your hands, you know, social distancing. I think if you take those, just the common practices, you're, you'd yeah. be okay. Right. So at least that's all I can say for myself. I can't speak for everybody out there, but that's what's worked for us so far. Right. I think so. I don't know. What you got any thoughts on that one, Mark? Um I mean, it's tough. I mean, like I said, it's just to me, I believe, you know what I'm saying, either you're 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 working and cuz like I said before, I've always said this. You can have the kids who are just going to wait until everything goes back to normal, you know what I'm saying? And then you have the kids, you know, like a, a lot of the kids I've been working with like we've been just grinding since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So by the time high school season start or when you're ready to go to college, you're going to be ahead of people. So my thing is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just grind, 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 grind. And, and cause like I said, you don't know when things might just snap of a finger. We back to normal again. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you should have to stay ready. Yeah. So, um, one thing that's been kind of interesting to me, I, this is more talking on the training aspect is stuff now, Kind of the training and kind of AU side of it. I don't know if you've kind of noticed it just through social media and stuff, and or maybe you haven't noticed it, but um, I've been seeing it more and more. Every uh, there's a lot of trainers and coaches getting facilities now. Like like yeah, uh, like it's just weird. I, yeah. I like the Sack Soldiers got a facility. Um, you know, uh, they're the one in Rancho. Um, there's a couple facilities there that. Uh, guy that does touch shooting ryan he has he mm-hmm. moved his facility there because i don't think it was there originally and then the guy uh dante uh he does miller vision he has a mm-hmm. facility now there it's uh ball ball world or whatever it was um I, I played in a tournament there with bas uh for bay area sports they're trying to move and use that facility so i just thought that was pretty um well, interesting. It's prob. I mean, it's because so many things were closed. So yeah. if you want to yeah. do something, maybe you fall on the, you know, the more conservative side or the more open side of hey, let's. It's right. Not, it's not near as big a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
you got to get your own facility so you can do your own thing. I mean, yeah. really, it's like yeah, it, it's it's just um, I, it, with for basketball, I feel like our sport it's just in this weird good and bad place at yeah. the same time, right? Because football is kind of shut down. Uh, baseball is still just kind of shut down. I mean, like basketball, we're kind of in this weird flux of depending where you're at. It's just like you go to Phoenix, it's just whatever. It's basketball's happening. You know, you go to Utah, basketball's happening. You know, you, in our area, basketball <laughs> is is happening, right? But then you go to like let's say Oakland, basketball shut down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just o- different. Honestly, if you're talking just about high school and basketball. We have to have a, foot, a high school football season for mm-hmm. us to have a high school basketball season. Yes, I agree. If that, if you, do, if we don't end up having football, there will be no, yeah, no, no basketball. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's been pretty interesting to see. I mean, more power to the the brothers out there getting their facilities and making yeah. things happen. You know, I, I'm fully supporting that. It's just I'm just noticing basketball has kind of become the forefront of youth sports right now. Maybe it's because my lens, because I'm in the basketball world, but I talk to other. Uh, coaches for other sports like baseball football things like that and they just tell me like we can't do anything we're shut down we can't do this we can't do that we're trying to take a trip to texas so we can play in a football seven on seven i mean it's like mm. and i'm like oh i'm going to courtside this weekend <laughs> like you know well, what i mean my old yba assistant coach his name is Derek camus mm-hmm. his son is in in the eighth grade gonna be going ninth grade he's a really good soccer player he's been training Practicing every day. He has not played a tournament. Yeah, that's what I'm a saying. tournament since like. And we have January a soccer facility right down here, and I don't think they can host any tournaments it's out, yet. It's outdoor. Yeah, I, I just that part is bizarre. Right, to me. you know what I'm saying? Like that's why I just say basketball is kind of in this yeah. weird, unique spot. It can be good or bad depending on who you ask. But um, I, I don't know. Um, and uh, and I'm noticing, you know, kids, kids are traveling. I mean, and you have parents that are traveling from Reno and Humboldt and. I mean, there's they're a desperate. Yeah, they're searching basketball out. I, I've heard of people re- willing to move to other states. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like, I've heard, I mean, they yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. And like, uh, you know, you go to courtside. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, especially because you, you and Ty have been videotaping mm-hmm. and seeing stuff. You got mm-hmm. kids coming from the Bay like yeah. all the time, man, and from further from teams from Vegas and all the above so you know it's 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 been great for me I seen a team of, from you know, Oregon right or yeah Portland. yeah yes, Oregon actually, brought a yeah, bunch of teams I Oregon prospects you know wow. shout out to them I mean it's yeah man it's like it's it's good in terms of I would say like for me and you because we get to see different yeah. competition and see different levels but I'm just like man imagine being those people in Portland yeah. or in the Bay where you got to spend all this money and do all this travel just to have a basic weekend you know what I mean like for us that's we're lucky enough that's kind of like yeah you know, we can. I, I didn't coach yeah. at all this weekend, and that's like okay, the first ever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like that's okay because I know I got next weekend and stuff like that. But some of these places, they don't have nothing, I know. man. It, it's it's very tough, and and uh, my you know, for those who are figuring it out, my my my, uh, I definitely empathize with you guys and hope and hope you can keep pushing forward. Um, uh. I want to get your opinion on this because I know you've seen it a lot at all levels. Um, I won't get into anything specific, right, because we're going to respect everybody's privacy. But I am interested in your thoughts because, for me, I feel like we agree on this in, term, in terms of just our philosophies, but maybe maybe don't. Um, what do you feel about when kids transfer schools? Because, to me, I 
I personally, I look at it kind of like even with AAU, if a kid goes to a different AAU team, just like goes to a different high school, like if it works for him, just let him play. You know what I mean? But you, you've you been in this game long enough. You've been a varsity coach long enough. You know there are definitely people who make it very difficult for the kids and take seasons away and do all this other stuff. And I get it. Part of it is that is the CIF rule. But you and I both know there's some flexibility to some of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But do you just think it's an overall good thing, an overall bad thing? Do you just, or is it case by case? Uh, it's case by case. Right. It has to be only because there's kids that legitimately need to transfer mm-hmm. because of stuff that's come up or whatever it is. And then there is schools that will take complete advantage of that. And, um, and that's where it's probably case by case. Okay. I mean, I don't want to. There's a particular powerhouse school in our area, and I know because I coached at Yuba College. So when we're getting, you know, list mailing lists together of for fundraising (laughs) or whatever it may be, right? uh, Hey, give me your address. We're going to send you some stuff or whatever it may be. You know, the address when we when I you Google map it, it's nowhere. I mean, nowhere nowhere near. near the school that they've been attending for the last three years. So there is. There is one. There's particularly one school that I think is probably one of the worst in our area at doing that, mm-hmm. and it probably puts a black eye on a lot of other schools as far as you know. Some kids who, right. transferring that truly need it. Yeah. Opportunity. Um, I wish it was different because there is times where you look at things and kind of was talking earlier where some coaches and players just don't mix well together, and in high school, unless you're gonna move or will sit then you know you're gonna have to lump it right that's the yeah thing. i wish it worked differently but there is people that also take advantage of that Absolutely. where they don't work you know because everything's not going to be perfect as a player you got to learn to face some adversity yeah. to become a better player or if you're truly a really talented player to you know you're going to face adversity in yeah. your life you can't your first option isn't can't be hey i'm gonna Turn in my jersey. I'm gonna pack my stuff up and yeah. I'm gonna go somewhere else. Um, I know a kid right now. Several kids that have literally transferred every year of high school. Damn, every See, year that, of high school. That's year. the problem. This is their they're a junior now, and yeah. this is their third high school. Yep. It's ridiculous to me. I don't. I definitely don't agree with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that's <laughs> that's a little too much for me. Uh, every year you transfer, like it's, I, I feel like. I mean, of course, you guys are coaches. Um, just for me as a player, and then something that I always told all, a lot of my players is, especially from a development side, be so good that they can't ignore you. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of kids, just what I've noticed, and you know what I'm saying, they're transferring because, you know, they're butthurt or right. the politics, the favoritism. Right. That's always good. You know what I'm saying? I play professionally, and there's a lot of politics and a lot of favoritism. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're a player that's kind of borderline, you know, and you're still trying to figure it out, then yes, you're going to be in that politics favoritism. But if you put in the work and you nice and you go grind, you know, and, and you're, and you just stand out. I feel like the players who blend in, those are the ones who are still kind of, you know, well, it's not working here, but like I always say, you know what I'm saying? Put in the work, be so good that they can't ignore you. You don't got to transfer. <laughs> the, the last thing I, I would probably add to it, not I, I know the good, the bad, and the ugly with AAU. Yes. Um, AAU has hurt some of that. Mm-hmm. in the, Because in AAU, if you don't like your team you're on, mm-hmm. 
if you don't like mm. the role you have, you can switch in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, oh, well, here, this AAU team wants me to come play, so I'll, I'll leave and go do that. And it's almost ingrained this mm. behavior that if something doesn't work yeah. or I can't work through anything, I'm just going to go find another team. And it, in high school sports, it doesn't work like that. To, mm-hmm. I mean, AAU is it, it's fun, but it's essentially pay and play or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. High school is a true privilege. I mean, call it true, pr- true privilege. I mean, you get in a privilege to be one of, yeah. 12 or 13 guys on a team and if it's true you know you can't tuck tail and run when mm-hmm. something doesn't go right all right i agree with that so wanted to uh talk a little bit of politics a little little bit of politics <laughs> but uh just basically not nah, just um wanted to say congratulations to uh, uh president-elect biden and uh, uh his uh vice president uh kamala harris um yeah, ultimately to me the coolest part is you know we have a a, a black woman as a vice president you know First what i time mean ever. and that's that's just having a woman in that position of power is a big deal to me um regardless of wherever people fall on politics again like i said i'm not gonna i don't even want to get into all that that's not what this show's about but um i am just happy to get past at least this, this <laughs> to this juncture you hope <laughs> yeah we hope right because <laughs> we know there's gonna be some ups and downs mm-hmm. um but you know, it, I, I recently made a post on my social media, and I think it just reflects some things and some values. I just said, you know, the presidential race is close, and this whole philosophy of this election was soul of a nation, right? We're fighting for the soul of the nation, soul of the nation. Well, if the vote was close, what does that say about the soul of this nation? Divided. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we got to do we got to fix that. And that's what I kind of like about um, youth sports because I really do think it does bring communities and sure. people, even if you have opposing views yeah. together, like yeah. uh, like me and you were talking about before the show, you have some conservative views. And, you know, me, I would say I have maybe some more liberal views, but me and you are friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think of you as my friend. There's no no doubt about that. And, and our common thread through all this is basketball we just love the sport and we love kids and right. you know and so I, I my hope is uh moving forward that that can start to become the theme of 2021 right is let's let's try to use love and come and, together you know, bring people together mm-hmm. exactly you know what i'm saying so just wanted to mention that real quick so you know if you guys have any more thoughts let me know or you guys say what you want to say, I'm, but that's I'm, I'm just thoughts. ready for 2021. <laughs> no, I, I agree. <laughs> exactly. I'm just ready. For I, I would, I would just say it's become a no matter what your political view is, it's become totally apparent that we are a nation that is divided. Yeah. In 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 the way we think and um, everything like that. I, I sometimes, no matter what side you're on, I sometimes take a step back and I I I'm curious from. If I was an outsider looking in, what other countries look at what, what's going on? If they do it all yeah. and think about, oh my God, what the, yeah, like what the, the hell, hell is, is wrong? What with the America? hell is going on over there? <laughs> I seen I seen a lot of countries congratulating us and celebrating with us. Yeah. <laughs> After, you know what I'm saying? From what I seen, they're like, hey, good it's job, like, you guys are. You know, I think next I, four years. I think that at least they think we're yeah. we're we're making the correct step to move forward mm-hmm. right that's how they look at it like at least they made the first step so let's mm-hmm. see what the rest they do so no the eyes are on our country we're just going to see mm-hmm. what we're going to do with it um 
going to respectfully disrespectful. I wanted to talk about, you know, at least one or two things that I find pretty, uh, pretty funny. Um, I know you've been dealing with this. We talked about this earlier. Uh, parents telling kids and then telling us, even maybe you dealing with it as a trainer, how to train their kids and what position they should be. <laughs> I, I don't like that shit. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering, what do y'all think about this? I, um, I don't care what the parent thinks. There you go. I mean, I, <laughs> honestly, uh, I, one of the first things that if I was to speak candidly to them, I would say, how many guys have you moved on to college? <laughs> if that if that's what we're talking about, right, like, right. You know, like a player saying, "Hey, I'm will play X position in college," mm-hmm. or a parent, and then I would say, "And how many games have you coached and won in your coaching career?" Because <laughs> It's not a perfection. I mean, we I'm working every day to try and get better at it and learn yes. things. And, I, and I've and i seen things over the years. And like I was telling you, if with, with my own kid, I, I wouldn't be worried about what position he played. I really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be more worried about what is he going to provide to a team. And, hell, if he could play all five positions, that gives him more time on the court. Five times more minutes yeah, if something it. happens. Yeah. Um, stop worrying about that. I mean – just worry about is your is your kid developing and getting better. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we were talking about is kids that are in middle school or elementary where parents are saying he's going to play this position. I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a kid either be a really great shooter in middle school. And by the time they hit high school, you know their arms have gotten bigger. They've lifted weights. All of a sudden, they can't shoot. Yeah, worth. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what that happened to Dwight Howard? Yeah, they could. Yeah. <laughs> and then they say he was actually Anthony a pretty good Davis. Shooter. Remember, Anthony Davis was a point guard. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, things change with the younger kids. Um, in a high school kid, man, you can't fool college coaches. Let them decide where you're going to play. Mm-hmm. They'll figure it out. I mean, every college is different. Some, yes. Some, some run a four-out one-in. Some run an early offense. That's yeah. Some run still run post stuff. If you're yeah. talking about Kansas, it's high-low. Exactly. You need post guys. So, I, you know, let them figure that out. Yeah. You know, just, just let be your, a basketball player. Absolutely. Take your weaknesses, develop them into strengths, mm-hmm. yep. continue to guide your strengths and and, and build those up. I, I mean, just got to be a basketball I feel player. like for me, um, when it comes to the parents, what I like to do, of course, you know, as a trainer, because I'm, I'm more focusing on the individual, not as the team. What I kind of like to do with the parents, because I haven't experienced that yet. You know what I'm saying? What I like to do with the parents is, because at the end of the day, the parents did raise my client, is I try to ask first from a personality-wise thing so I can, you know, try to build that relationship is, how's your son? How's your daughter? Like, what are the things that make them click? You know, so I know, you know what I'm saying, that I can use that when it comes to the training and everything. But when it comes to the, the skill development and, you know, the experience, like, I, you know, of course, unless the parent does have some background, maybe played or, or whatnot, that's really the only thing I actually want from the parent is, as a kid, how is he, you know, what's going to make him mad? What's going to, you know, how do I reach him, you know, so I can build a relationship to where they trust me. So to me, that's really the only thing I would like from the parent, you know, when it comes to a, a, a basketball standpoint from developing and everything like that, I feel like, you know, I've, I, I, I'm, I'm good. You know, I, right. I already know all that. You I, know what I'm saying? Is that take that? I mean, obviously that take is being a trainer mm-hmm. and you probably would need to do that as a trainer because mm-hmm. they're paying you to train yeah. and you not saying, I don't know how often you train a kid, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming as a coach, you're spending more time than as a trainer. Yeah. The one thing I don't, I mean, and there I've had parents that have played at high levels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want, 
I always tell them the second we t- start talking anything basketball, it's off limits. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. want to talk about the mental health of your child yeah, yeah, yeah. or, you know, yeah. grades or whatever, the second we start talking basketball, mm-hmm. it's over. Yeah, like, the conversation yeah. is over. And the reason why is this is not because they don't know basketball. Mm-hmm. It, it's twofold. One, no matter what their take is, it's always going to be blinded by their child. That's, That's true. Number one. Yeah. And, and, and two, and two, their idea of what needs to occur may not be my plan at all. True. They're they're not at practice. They don't see the other guys. They don't see any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the basketball court's my laboratory. It's yeah. off limits to right. parents. Right. Yeah. No. Sounds good. You don't get to follow your kid into the classroom and then tell them, <laughs> tell them, well, I want my kid to be able to take the, you know, yeah. you just don't get to do that. You're right. Absolutely right. No, this is this is all good stuff that I think parents need to hopefully listen and hear. Because again, you know, on this show we try to. Try to keep shit real as possible. Yeah, <laughs> so I want them, I want them to hear this stuff because mm-hmm. I think sometimes uh, parents can be blinded by what they think is correct and what right. actually mm-hmm. is correct. So no, that's that's, that's good. I want to do or a, or, or oh. just be like Levar Ball. You know what I'm saying? Get your own <laughs> squad and coach your sons. And there you go. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> the, right. The greatest equalizer in all this is winning. Yes. Uh, when you yeah. win. You don't have as many of these problems. It kind of goes away. Absolutely. If, if you if you don't win or you fall short, <sighs> then that'll open up the Pandora's box that you don't know what you're doing or you don't know where my son should play or whatever. Well, whatever well you know, I experienced that at Whitney, and we were winning. You know, the, their JV, what I did with that JV team, the record and the way I was winning last year, they hadn't won like that in, I want to say, two or three years because we got 20-plus wins. You know, okay. I think we had like 21, 22 wins. And I still got shit. Like, even winning. Wow. We were like 22 and four. And they were still like, hey. but, but you know, to be fair, I had 19 players. So <laughs> that, that makes well, things that, difficult. That's an impossible situation exactly. that you were handed. And, and you know, we never, uh, just to kind of mention, I know it's a little off topic, but, you know, any coach, including myself, you wouldn't be anywhere if you didn't have assistant coaches. So, right. and I'm not trying to, I, I, I have a great deal of respect for French, but that's where French has stepped up and had your back. Yes, you know? he did. Absolutely. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's from the top to the bottom, you're yeah. all working together. Exactly. And, and that's where and, that, I spoke about that. But yeah, Nick did have my back, which oh, great. made me appreciate him a lot more. He didn't leave me, he didn't throw me under the bus, which yeah. is great. <laughs> but it's just funny seeing that having parents email you after you just win a tournament because their kid. Because they, they got the stopwatch out. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, whatever you say. Uh, so I want to go to our uh, shout-outs real quick, right? Because we're getting towards that end. I want to go to our shout-outs. Uh, first one I want to shout-out is Coach Robinson, your JV yeah. coach, Coach Marcus Robinson, um, who's also a YBA coach. There's a couple of things I got to correct. He keeps giving me shit because I mentioned this on the show. So just for people who are listening or watching, uh, Coach Robinson has been with YBA for nine years. I, I think I said five or six. So he wanted me to correct that. He's been with uh, YBA nine years, and he's in the Coach's Hall of Fame. So he wanted me to put that there, too. So, you know, he's he, he's giving me shit if I don't correct it, and he actually listens to the show. So I was like, all right, Marcus, I got you, bro. So let me correct that. He's been with the club for about eight to nine years, and he's in the Coach's Hall of Fame. And He's been taking L's to my team, so I know that pisses him off. <laughs> but that's still my guy, and I love him to death, Freak, man. Freaking great. Dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great. Coach Robinson, you know. Heart of gold. Exactly. Um, and his players are about for that. Um, want to mention uh, Coach Holloway at Vanden. Uh, we were just talking about him earlier. Um, 
great dude. Uh, he's been sending me a lot of his band and kids. I appreciate that. Uh, they've been working hard for me. Um, also want to mention, even though he's sitting right next to me, I want to mention yeah. Mark because he's been sending me some of his kids too. Team GGT. Yeah, and they've been working hard for me. So, you know, I appreciate that and supporting you know, YBA and, and hopefully we're doing right by your kids. Cause I'm sure, sure they would tell yep. you if we weren't, yep. um, also want to give a shout out to coach Fred at Endercom. Me and him had some good conversations the past couple of weeks and, um, Endercom chest got started last week. Like literally last week was their first time getting back to it. So I was like, so, you know, for him and all he's dealing with, uh, yeah. And he's, like I said, just sitting having some good conversations with him, man. Coach Fred is is, is a good dude at Intercom. So he, I, he's actually a great dude. I yeah. I coached against him oh when I was at Kennedy. Yeah. We weren't in the same league, but we right. played against each other last year. And then but when I coached at Lindhurst, we were in the same league. Oh, okay. And so um he knows basketball. He's yeah, a great, he does. he's a great dude. He is. He's one of the guys what you see is what you get. I yes. mean, he, you're not going to get a fake dude. I mean, yes. he's just straight up going to tell you exactly how it is, and he's he's a good dude, yeah, good coach. So you know, just want to mention some of the good 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 coaches out there, yeah. right? <laughs> um, uh, also, come want to mention these three. Uh, I want to say people, but really they're like their brands and companies too. Just because I've actually been appreciating, because the AU season's been a lot longer, and they've been working with me and some a lot of my guys, and I appreciate what they've been doing. But that's um, Simply Basketball. Uh, Terrence is the guy that runs that. He's super modest and never wants people to know who he is. But Terrence, you know, he's really been advocating for NorCal basketball yeah. players a lot. If you look at Simply, he's mentioning them all the time, which, you know, you got to appreciate. You know what I mean? Whether – you know, he's got videos of my kids getting dunked on. It's just like this man got videos of my kids getting dunked on. But at the end of the day, they are advocating for our kids. So I really do appreciate what you're doing out there, Terrence. Ballers Bridge is another guy. He's been working hard um, advocating for NorCal kids. Uh, so that's another media site, Ballers Bridge. And Insane Media. Insane Media, he does a lot for um, – I want to say like Vacaville, Fairfield area, right? He does. And he's, a, I met him really good dude. We've had some good conversations. So just those three media guys have really been putting NorCal guys on. So, you know, you got to appreciate that because this AU season shouldn't even be existing right now, technically. <laughs> and, no, it's so, true. and he's uh they're, they're, you know, to me, they're, they're doing the best they can to try to help these kids yeah. get noticed. Cause the reality of it is this season isn't going to be traditional. Um, there's going to be things that overlap. We're still just now kind of picking things up a little back to normal, but it still won't be normal, yeah. like you said. It, multi-sport athletes in yeah. the same season can't happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so tough. if you're a baseball guy and you're a basketball guy, you, you got to choose. Exactly. So, you know, for at least the these – three media people that I mentioned. I just, I, I appreciate what you guys have been doing. And, you know, Mark, he, he, well, to be fair, you do the same damn thing. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Ty too. Shout out to Ty. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Ty, he be helping yeah. me out. Yeah. For social real. media side of it. Yeah. No, and there's like, and that's another thing too. I want to say I've been seeing too, a lot more, um, 
videographers are coming out a there doing their thing. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a lot. I, of, I don't know if you guys saw, I saw a ref had a highlight video. Yeah, did you guys oh, see that? Oh, I, I saw a couple of refs. That shit was hella funny. Did you see that? I know y'all did. Bro, you didn't it see was, that. Oh, bro. It was the silliest, stupidest shit <laughs> I've ever seen. Him they were call, making, calls? making calls and no. stuff. Real talk. Yeah, refs are getting highlights. Wow. Bro, I don't know wow. who started this phase. I don't know, bro. I saw that. I said, the best is after he makes a call the trot back to the other yeah. end wow. knowing he's being filmed That's it was like hilarious. bro they are really refs are doing really? highlight tapes now you know it's how, insane you know how when you guys go to yeah. film a kid they know you're filming yeah, them yeah, so they yeah, may do a little yeah, bit extra yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. or hold that form a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. this ref man doing it it was like I, at first i watched it, i said this can't be real right like, i noticed it was re it's he had real it on his stuff it was real Damn. he was making dramatic calls in the way they were talking like, about it on twitter and everything they say when did refs get highlight tapes bro that's how you know this basketball so, is right? this yeah. is We're desperate. Game. Lockdown desperate. <laughs> I'm like, so oh, man, good. I appreciate it. So <laughs> with all that being said, we're coming to a close. This was a good episode. Um, Nate, I'm glad you made it, man. Thanks, man. Glad, I appreciate glad. you. Yeah, because it's funny. Me and Nate, Nate kind of came in last second. You know, it was like, hey, man, you want to like do yeah. the show? Like, let's do the show. Like, yeah. Let's do it. Let's get it done. And he came right after he coached it. Um, I know I'm glad to be back. Yes, I'm glad sir. to have Mark back. Yes, I'm glad to have Ty back. Um, we're hoping to give you guys some good episodes. We got uh, Marcus Kirkland next weekend, which is be, oh my gosh, strive above others. This is going to be. I was going to just tell you how professional your show was and how professional you guys right. are, but then you said Marcus. Now I said Marcus. <laughs> now, now it's all become I know, skeptical. And, right? No, nah, that's that's little no, bro, man. You know, Marcus is great. That's little bro, but you notice that, that episode is going to be hilarious. Oh my goodness. He's going to talk. Yes. Of all about himself, so no, nah, no, nah, that's my guy, man. Now nah, he's and he's what he's doing is really great for yes, the basketball is. community yes, too. He he's yes, he's he he's doing like his shirt. I uh, saw yesterday doing his t-shirt yeah. giveaway. I took a photo and got a shirt myself, so I appreciate it. But no, nah, Nate, man, it's 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 been great having you Thanks, on the man. show, man. You know, it. I appreciate having your perspective. And um, uh, again, for anybody listening, people watching. Um, go ahead, hit that follow button, hit that like button, subscribe. We're gonna have links to uh, our social medias. I'll probably have links to your social medias as well. So if you guys want to follow Nate and see, you know, a coach that knows his shit, like you know, go ahead and take a look. Um, have a great season. I know that's you good know luck, good gonna luck, be. <laughs> I want to wish you a great season. Because <laughs> we'll I take anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I know a lot of your boys, I so know. you know, and those Oakmont kids, uh, there's some good kids, man. I know for you guys, and this is me speaking to you, Oakmont guys. You know, uh, listen to Coach Nate. Yeah, there might be times you don't understand. Some of you think like, man, I, I don't, I don't like what he's doing. <laughs> Trust me, the man knows what he's talking about. I've seen it myself. Uh, I learned a lot from you. The first year I was at YBA when I was watching your top 17U team and, and watched you kick ass in Reno when Reno was still pretty legit at that time. Used to be. Yeah, yeah. It used to be, right? So, no, um, definitely uh, want to tell the guys, listen to him. He knows basketball, man, and he knows what he's doing. Uh, Mark, you got anything to add or are you out, bro? No, like I said, good luck. Good luck. Thanks, um, buddy. It was it was great having you on the show. I can't, I can't wait to see what you do. Thank All you. Right. All right, man, and uh, we are out.